0: In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Several years ago, before I even thought about going to seminary and becoming a priest, I was a youth minister at St. Paul's in Selma. One particular group of teens had grown up with Harry Potter, and we had woven the series into much of our Christian formation— One November, I took them to see the latest Harry Potter movie. We loaded up and drove to Montgomery to a packed theater, so much so that the group had to split up in twos and threes as it was too crowded for us to sit together. One of the youth group members was a girl, blind from birth. She and I partnered together and found a seat almost at the top of the theater and against the wall a strategic seat as I knew I would have to describe what was happening on screen during the movie and wanted to get out of the way with as few people around us as possible. Taylor had been born blind. Neither her parents nor her older sister had vision problems. Her mother had experienced a safe and healthy pregnancy. She wasn't a smoker and she didn't drink or indulge in any behaviors that might have affected the pregnancy. When Taylor was born, she seemed like a healthy, perfect baby. And she was, except for the inability to see. Her pupils did not respond to light like they were supposed to. No one sinned, no one had done anything wrong, No one was to blame. Upon seeing the man blind from birth, Jesus' disciples asked him whether the man or his parents had sinned. Many in that day believed that disability was a punishment, a consequence to a sinful nature. Jesus doesn't directly respond. Instead, he reframes the the way the disciples and by extension, you and me are called to look at disability. It is not a punishment for sin, instead, it is an opportunity for the glory of God to be revealed. He then explains to the disciples that part of their calling and following him is to reframe the world so that people might see the light instead of getting lost in just the darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. To see the world as Jesus sees it is always to see the possibilities of God, not the judgment or the condemnation that we believe God has suffered the world. Taylor and I sat down and settled in. We chatted about our love for Harry Potter. The theater was abuzz with excitement. As the lights dimmed and the preview started, the theater quieted. I began to whisper to Taylor, describing what was happening on the scene. I whispered as quietly as I could so as not to disturb those around us. And Taylor, for her part, listened intently our heads bowed together, almost touching. Every so often, my description was less than adequate and Taylor would ask a clarifying question, but for the most part, she remained silent. At one point, the people sitting directly in front of us turned around and scowled at us as I was whispering furiously to describe the action on the screen. I gave the couple an apologetic smile, and when it dawned on them that Taylor was blind, their faces softened and they turned back to the screen. A little while later, a couple of girls behind us began to complain about people who talked at movies. They didn't direct their comments to us per se, but their audible whispers were just loud enough for us and those around us to hear. It was very obvious who they were directed to. Finally, another of our neighbors was much more direct, leaning over and asking me if we would mind not talking during the movie as we were disrupting everyone around us. I apologized and quietly explained that Taylor was blind and I was trying to help her see the movie. He didn't say anything else to me, but it was obvious that he was not pleased. The neighbors and those who had seen him as a beggar began to question the man who had been healed. They were not satisfied with his answers even when he replied in the affirmative. He had been blind since birth and a beggar. Now he could see... They did not understand what had happened, and they were unable to accept such a drastic shift in the circumstances of their world. Though they might not have realized it, they were the most comfortable when the status quo was unencumbered. Change is threatening. The status quo offers comfort and security. They did not appreciate when their environment became disrupted. It challenged them and put them in an uncomfortable place. It made them unsure of what to believe about the world anymore. So they kept needling the man who had been healed instead of celebrating his newfound sight, or at least simply accepting it and being open to him and his new life. They questioned, and they judged, and they finally rejected him. As the movie continued, Taylor and I scrunched further down into our seats, both of us feeling the tension mounting around us. I continued to describe the action on screen as quietly as I could. Taylor asked few questions, if any the girls directly behind us started kicking our seats. We didn't turn around or acknowledge this new level of escalation, and after a while, it stopped. (coughs) Though periodically, they continued to make unkind comments about people who talked during movies. Taylor and I both felt judged and rejected. When the movie ended, and the light began to brighten. Taylor and I stood up. I worked hard not to make eye contact with any of the people around me. Taylor didn't have to work hard to not do that. She was beaming and I was worried we were about to be beaten up. But Taylor didn't seem to notice the hostility around us. She was gushing about the movie thanking me for my patience and perseverance in making it come to life for her and comparing the movie to the plot of the book. She was full of enthusiasm, so much so that I had to stop her from stepping away from her seat because we were right at the top of the stairs and I didn't want her to take a misstep and tumble down them. As she took my elbow and we began the precarious journey downward, I would say the word step, every time she needed to step down. She gripped my elbow tightly, as well as the handrail, and our unhappy neighbors began to realize the reason that we had whispered throughout the movie as Taylor's disability became obvious. I heard the two girls who had sat directly behind us kicking our chairs and passively, aggressively complaining about us say, Oh, my God, that girl is blind. That is why she was whispering to her during the movie. The other responded, I'm so embarrassed. Should we go say something? No, the first girl replied. Let's just hang back. And there it was. Even with the dawning realization of the truth of their environment and those in it, they still could not enter into relationship with us. They could not engage with us. Instead, they drove us out. They were not willing to invite us in, maybe because of their shame, or maybe because we were too different, and that made them uncomfortable. I don't know why, And it doesn't really matter. We still felt rejected, exiled, and unworthy. That is what happened to the man born blind and was now healed. Instead of celebrating his newfound sight or even just accepting him, he was driven out, rejected, exiled found unworthy to be part of the community in his healed state. He could see the light for the first time in his life, and yet he was surrounded by darkness. The shame, the shallowness of a community who could not accept anything more than the status quo. He was judged and rejected not because he had done something wrong, but simply because he had done something different. As Taylor and I reached the bottom of the stair, it had become clear that people were giving us our space. No one was jostling against us or trying to get around us. We walked down the corridor and found the man who had asked me to stop talking, standing there, holding the door for us. I thanked him. In return, he smiled and said, No, thank you. And it was in that moment that I realized that though he and many of our neighbors in that theater that night had not understood what was happening, as I whispered to Taylor in the dark, they had found a new appreciation for what they had just witnessed. Their own light was beginning to brighten. It calls that glow that starts down in the depths of your heart and then begins to grow and bring that light, spreading it throughout your whole body in me, knowing I had done the right thing and that those around us had begun to understand and maybe even appreciate those efforts. As Taylor and I stepped into the main hallway, and made our way back to the lobby, I saw another one of our neighbors, the couple who had sat in front of us and given us the dirty looks. The woman pointed at us, and I heard her say to the man, you would think people would have better sense than to bring a blind girl to the movies. Sometimes, as Jesus pointed out to the Pharisees, When we see, our sin yet remains. Amen.